Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms Podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Today, I bring you my conversation with journalist and author Marta Zaroska. We spoke about longevity and how we can actually apply our minimalist mindset when it comes to pursuing a long, healthy life. It's Marta's belief that the very same efforts that rejuvenate our bodies and help us live long also help us grow as people. Nurturing relationships, developing better mental habits, becoming kinder, more empathetic, more involved in the community. You'll actually hear me say to her when we first start our conversation that I wasn't sure if this could be considered a minimalist topic, but I think that so often we fixate on the wrong things, miracle diets, miracle foods, miracle supplements, and we skip gluten and we invest in exercise gadgets. We swallow vitamins, we obsess about BMI, macros, healthy nutrition, running a certain amount of miles. And while all of that is certainly important for our health and I'm not negating that it isn't beneficial. There are things that we all too often sacrifice that really do have an impact on our potential to live a longer life. And so when we strip things down and focus on friendships, our purpose in life, empathy, kindness, volunteering, there is science that actually shows these things are soft health drivers that are often more powerful than diet and exercise. So that's just my little spiel to you in the beginning. I think I also say in the episode at one point that I know that there are no guarantees with how long we're going to live. But I think the research behind longevity and what contributes to that is just really fascinating. So I thought this was an episode worth pursuing and I just appreciated Marta's wisdom in this area. But before we get to the conversation, I wanted to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. Leaving a rating and review on iTunes is the best way you can help this podcast succeed and grow. Another way to support the podcast is by checking out some of the advertisers I display here on the show, such as Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls podcast. Have you been searching for a podcast that the whole family can listen to? What about one that includes positive role models for your daughter? Only 19% of children's books showcase women with jobs or career ambition, and by the age of six, many girls already believe that they are less smart than boys, which we all know is not true. So if you're looking for a podcast full of encouragement, told from a woman-first perspective, I have the one just for you. The award-winning podcast, Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls, is back with this all-new season. And this time you'll meet amazing immigrant women from all over the planet that have changed the world in so many ways, like Carmen Miranda, an acclaimed dancer and movie star from Brazil, or Noor Ayuat Khan, a princess who became a spy. Because positive role models are critical to showing girls what's possible when they dream bigger. The Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls podcast is a resource for parents and teachers to inspire, educate, and instill confidence in little rebels everywhere. And each one is narrated by an incredible woman from the worlds of art, music, business, and sports. The new season of Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls podcast is here. Give the rebel girl in your life the confidence to dream bigger and find Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls wherever you listen to podcasts. Marta, thank you so much for joining me on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me, Diane. Yes, I always have individuals that are, they have these unique topics, and I'm always questioning, is this something that we can talk about on a minimalist show? And my answer is typically, yes, we can. We can figure out a way to incorporate this. And I think 
as we hear more from you, we'll see how the topic of longevity and minimalism and just simplifying this area and being intentional in this area um, all kind of comes together. So I'm excited to hear about that. But before we get into that conversation, I will just go ahead and allow you to introduce yourself to the listeners that might not be familiar with you. Yes. So my name is Marta Zaraska, and I'm a science journalist. I write for the Washington Post Scientific American, and I'm also the author of newly published Growing Young, How Friendship, Optimism, and Kindness Can Help You Live to 100. Great. And do you consider yourself a minimalist? I know, again, that this isn't your book isn't necessarily about minimalism, but I'm curious to know what your answer is for this. I'm a total minimalist, minimalist okay. <laughs> sorry. I started uh, in 2005, actually, when I've read, um, the first book I've read, it was called Affluenza, How Overconsumption is Killing Us. Mm. And the other one was Overspent American by Julie Shore. And it really inspired me to change the way I live. So it's been already a f- 15 years now that I've been really living the minimalist lifestyle. Yeah, that's great. And I know that you're in France right now. So I feel like I always stereotype Europeans as being more minimalist than Americans. Would you say that's true? <laughs> I mean, there is something to it, I have to say. I mean, I, I'm Canadian as well. I lived in Canada for many years, and uh, there is a difference. So definitely the French have generally less stuff, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, you know, their approach to life is a little bit more into just... Basically, everything is about food. So mm. you know, as long as it's not food, everything else is kind of in the background, so kind of more minimalist. Um, but yeah, I would say it's, there, is, there is some difference. Yeah, I think that probably one of the factors there is just that they live in such smaller places. We have just so much more space here. And I feel like with space, we want to fill those spaces. So I think that that's probably a major contributing factor. But also the food, I'm sure, plays a role. I was in Paris (laughs) at one point for, we were actually on our baby moon, and I never wanted to leave. I mean, the French are spending all their time eating, so they have no more time for buying stuff, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, let's get back to your book. You wrote a book called Growing Young. What prompted you to do so? I mean, it was kind of a natural thing for me because I, as I've mentioned before, I'm a science journalist. I write about, you know, health and psychology and nutrition, all this kind of related topics. And I've been doing so for many years. And at the same time, you know, as a mom, I was very into healthy living, especially since my daughter was born. I was, you know, making sure that she was eating the most right foods. You know, I was pureeing her, all this kind of organic stuff and adding turmeric and chia seeds to everything and making sure our whole family, you know, was active and exercising and because I wanted everybody to stay healthy and -hmm. and live as long as possible. And actually the original idea for my book was a parenting book. So only later on I kind of expanded on the topic, but my first thought was how do I make my daughter live to a hundred? Uh, and, um, and, you know, my first thought exactly was also diet and exercise, but then I, when I started actually researching the topic, I discovered that diet and exercise are only a small part of what makes us live healthy and long. And there is this huge thing that we are missing, and this is our social connections and how kind we are, whether we volunteer or not, whether we are optimistic, our personality in general, you know, all these things that now I call soft drivers of health that are at least as important as diet and exercise if not actually more. Mm, No, absolutely. So like I said at the beginning, I want to apply minimalism to longevity. And I just want to have a dialogue with you about what that looks like. And I don't have any questions here necessarily that I 
that I've come up with, I just wanted to get your opinion on how we can be more intentional in this area. What's your initial feedback as you hear that? I mean, it's for me, it's totally connected. You know, when I when I hear, you know, I as, you, as I mentioned before, I live this kind of lifestyle as well. I try to simplify everything. <laughs> Sometimes driving my my spouse crazy, you know, mm-hmm. downshifting everything, and uh, and uh, you know, this kind of living, this uh, the kind of growing young living, is about connections. It's about feelings about emotions about your mental mindfulness as well and not about things right for example when uh when we think this kind of classic approach to health so diet and exercise it's very often about purchasing stuff you know some kind of exercise gadgets exercise classes some miracle foods and supplements or all this stuff whereas you know i'm talking about relationships about taking a walk with your friends about spending time with your spouse without being doing acts of random kindness these are very minimalistic things because you don't require any stuff at all mm-hmm. you know you just to to follow those rules to live long and healthy you know following that science you don't have to buy a single thing which is you know to me the minimalism at its best right you just don't need anything and it's it's really simple in a way as well because it's just you know about being kind about being with other people so it's, there is nothing complicated there you don't have to you know measure things in how many grams of broccoli you've eaten or how many steps you've taken or measuring your pulse and stuff like you know this kind of reductionist approach to health that is permanent right now you know everywhere right now when we're talking about diet and exercise it's it's kind of very simple in in, in its it is, at its very core it's about relationships Absolutely. And this episode actually is going to air right before the new year here in 2021. And I know that's when people are looking to diet and get their exercise train um, going in their life. And I think you're right. I think that we do tend to overcomplicate these areas. And I have personally done that. I've counted macros. I've counted calories. I have, I'm trying to think of something that isn't in relationship to diet and exercise. All that to say, we do really overcomplicate these areas, which causes stress, which I feel like is the number one thing that we don't want in our lives because it does lead to typically shorter lifespans. Yeah, exactly. You know, stress is our stress axis. So this fight and flight response that we have, the evolved flight and fight and flight response is exactly what what connects our social lives and our minds with our health you know when when we are surrounded with other people people among whom we feel safe and loved uh, our stress response you know starting in our brain the hypothalamus amygdala in our brain and all the cascade of hormones that gets released into your body including cortisol and adrenaline and other hormones as well you know all this functions the best when when we are surrounded by other people and um you know it makes perfect sense we are social apes just like chimpanzees we've evolved to be safe in a tribe and um and exactly on one hand all this kind of pursuing diet and exercise you know buying stuff chasing stuff best gadgets apps and classes and foods and so on it's creating stress and on the other hand being with other people actually calms down our stress response it's one of the connections between our mind and body there are also social hormones such as oxytocin serotonin for example for example that connects the way we feel with the way our bodies function and um, make us healthier and live longer absolutely Is there something interfering with your happiness? 
Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? Mental health has become much more of a topic of conversation and just something that we're much more aware of and comfortable talking about these days. However, there can be a lot of stress associated with trying to find the right health care provider. That's where BetterHelp Online Counseling comes into play. With BetterHelp, I have been able to see the ease in which you can receive the care that you're looking for. All you have to do is go to the website, fill out a survey of what you're looking for, and you're set up with your own personal counselor. The option to have a counseling session from the privacy of my own home, plus the fact that I didn't have to worry about booking a babysitter, made BetterHelp even more convenient for me. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So if you've really struggled with trying to find the right therapist, the time to get to therapy, or just someone to talk to in regards to mental health, this is something that I truly recommend. Best of all, it is an affordable option, and Minimalist Mom listeners get 10% off the first month. I want you to start living a happier life today, and as a listener, you'll get 10% off the first month by visiting betterhelp.com minimalist. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash minimalist. If you're planning to cut back on alcohol this dry January, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. Recess has meticulously crafted familiar favorites such as lime margarita and grapefruit paloma, allowing you to savor the flavors and experience of these cocktails without the alcohol content. Throughout January, my listeners can take advantage of a special offer and get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler Pack at takearecess.com minimalist. Every can of Recess boasts a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients and a calorie count of 25 or less. It's a guilt-free option for winding down during dry January. Again, whether it's the end of a demanding day, a dinner gathering, or simply a moment to unwind, these mocktails are the perfect choice. You won't miss the alcohol, and you certainly won't miss dealing with a hangover. Get 15% off Recess mocktails now at takearecess.com minimalist so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity, and I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. Yeah, I think that looking at it from a scientific perspective, or just like you said, just how we have evolved as humans into um, just more modern society, or like even if you're taking a religious biblical approach to it, I think that we were created to be in community with one another. And so what a what an impact that has on our longevity. And it's it's interesting, as I'm sitting here talking to you, I'm thinking about spouses that once one passes away, often the other one will 
pass away not long after. That doesn't always happen, but I have read about that. And I wonder if it's because of that connectivity that they have with one another. I mean, absolutely. It's actually an effect recognized in science. It's called the widower effect. And uh, it, the most dangerous period is the first week after the first spouse passes uh, pass, passes away. Mm-hmm. And it really does exist. You know, people, you know, die of, of heart attacks or even things that seem to be unconnected, like perhaps cancer even. But uh, but uh, it does happen. And, uh, and definitely, this very powerful connection that the two two people can have uh, has such a strong impact on our bodies, on our stress response, on our hormones, on on our brains, that it can actually trigger such a bad cascade of uh, health effects in the body that another spouse can pass. Yeah, that's just so fascinating to me. I love all the connection between science and what actually plays out, which makes sense, obviously. I mean, I have to say that I found it deeply gratifying when I was writing Growing Young to discover that all these things that make us kind of nice people, you know, like being kind and connected with others and thinking about other people, volunteering, donating money, being optimistic that it all makes us healthier. You know, this is why I also called the book Growing Young, because it's about growing as a person that keeps us young and healthy, which I think it's very satisfying, at least for me. Absolutely. And I will say, I obviously know that no matter what we can do, we can meet our end at any point in time, but there are things that we can do to prolong our health and live longer. So outside of some of the stuff that you've already talked about, and not to spoil your whole book, I want listeners to uh, seek you out for more information, but I'm curious to know what something else might be that you have studied that will lead to a longer life. I mean, there is obviously so much. It took me the whole book to, to explain. Yeah. And there are lots of practical tips as well in the book. But um, one of the important things is also, especially you know, when we are talking about children and parenting, is uh, teaching children kindness and uh, just thinking about other people and also empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was writing Growing Young, I, I actually took part in a class prepared by a Canadian organization called Roots for Empathy. And uh, what they do is they go to schools and um, they organize this empathy classes and it works like this that they bring uh, they invite a mother with a newborn baby to uh, to come i think once every week or once every few weeks to the same class of children uh, primary school children and um at each session the children are observing the interaction of the mother and the child and trying to understand what the baby's feeling so for example why did the baby get frustrated why is the baby crying why is the baby smiling how did the mother react they they inter they interact with the baby as well they sing to the to the baby they help out the mother and so on so they are really interacting and observing as well how the baby's changing and growing up and it really has been shown in research that this kind of classes really help children learn empathy. And uh, afterwards, you know, things like bullying, for example, goes down and, mm-hmm. uh, and generally relationships in the classroom improve. And um, I find it very 
you know, empowering as well, that, you know, that you can actually teach children empathy. And there is other research showing that generally everybody can be taught empathy. And uh, empathy is such a basic stone uh, to what I'm writing about, you know, to relationship quality, for example, to uh, also volunteering people who are more empathetic by volunteering more. They're kinder. They are better at relationships. They have better marriages. And all this is connected to health and longevity. So, you know, if we can improve on our empathy and teach our children empathy, empathy, then we can really improve their chances of having good health and living long. I'm so glad that you touched on how to encourage our children when they're little. Kind of as we're wrapping things up here, is there anything else that you would love to share? I mean, another thing that for me, you know, was quite eye-opening, especially as a mother, it's uh, the connection between conscientiousness and longevity. So conscientiousness is, I think that's something that's inherent in being a minimalist because it's a it's being um on a one way organized and you know like keeping your desk clean for example you know showing on time for meetings being uh, generally prepared and well organized and it's a personality trait that is really really connected with health and longevity when i talked with one researcher who studies conscientiousness he told me actually that if conscientiousness could be put into a pill it would be the most powerful drug on earth uh, and you know as a mom you know my daughter has uh, finds conscientiousness quite challenging her room is a disaster and mess the whole yeah. time so now i see you know trying to teach her to be organized and um, and keeping stuff, you know, clean and neat and tidy uh, as part of teaching, you know, helping her live long and healthy, just as much as making sure she eats her broccoli and her soup and so on and so on. Uh, because it's really, really important. There is a very powerful connection exactly between how keep neat and tidy we keep our surroundings and how long we live. And it's it's not, you know, it's actually very physiological. There are hormonal links between how... Uh, our personality and and our health. So interesting. Well, if someone wants to read more and pick up a copy of your book, where would they find that? I mean, I think the best place to go is my website, which is www.growingyoungthebook.com. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at mzaraska. Perfect. Well, as we wrap things up here, I'm going to ask you the questions that I ask every guest. And the first one is, what is something that you're simplifying right now, aka what is your minimalist moment of the week? Yes. So what I'm trying really to simplify is my cooking. Uh, I basically drafted a list of 10 dishes that I cook on rotational basis and everybody loves in the family and they're healthy and simple to make. And I find it's just much less stressful than having to invent my uh, dinner preparations every night. And of course, it doesn't mean I still don't cook sometimes fancy things, but it just, you know, for me, it's about simplification and just keeping it to the minimum, the complications uh, surrounding the nightly meal preparation. So that's my big simplifying thing of the moment. Yeah, that that's great. With your previous book that you wrote, Meat Hooked, I'm curious, are you, I haven't read it, but are you a vegetarian? Uh, I am a vegetarian, but I do have meat cravings sometimes. And if somebody leaves uh, a piece of pepperoni pizza, I will eat it. So <laughs> I'm not exactly a perfect, you know, 100% vegetarian. That's great. No, when I, um, I was a vegetarian Honestly, it was because of minimalism that I became a vegetarian. I don't, sorry, we're tangenting now about my life, but when my husband and I were first married, we didn't have a lot of money. I was still in college and he was first 
he was in his first year of teaching. And so we just bought a lot of beans and a lot of rice and just <laughs> basic, easy things. And you kind of lose your taste for it after a while. So I was a vegetarian for three-ish years after we got married before I had my daughter. And then once I was pregnant, I just craved meat again. That, that is interesting. I mean, I lost my taste for chicken. I don't, I couldn't eat any poultry yeah. anymore, but the pepperoni thing and bacon, it's, it's still really tempting to my taste, but yeah, it's hard to stay away from. Well, my last question for you is what is something that you cannot stop talking about? I mean, I think it's, random acts of kindness and how powerful they are for both our happiness and our health. Uh, so when I was writing the book, I also you know, did a small experiment on myself where I, with, with collaboration with scientists from King's College London, where they, were, they helped me measure my, the levels of my stress hormone on days when I was doing acts of kindness and on, and on other days as well, which were my kind of control days. And we have shown that when I was doing small acts of kindness, really simple things like I you know I would feed some stray cats or hold the doors open to, for someone or uh, pick up trash in, in my neighborhood, so very very small acts. Actually, I was much less stressed, and my cortisol, the stress hormone levels, were much much lower than on all the other days. Which mm. for me is really fascinating to see, you know, how powerful such a simple thing as kindness can be for our body and there is actual research on much bigger samples than one showing the same thing so i just i really love acts of kindness as this very tiny thing that can not only make everybody's life more pleasant and just nice and also at the same time be so good for our health Absolutely. And especially this time of year and really just this whole year, if we can be kind in any way, little, every little bit helps. So I love that we're ending on that note. I think that's really important. Well, Marta, thank you so much for joining me again. I think that this is just such a fascinating subject and I appreciate your time and your, your wisdom in this area. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me, Diane. What did you think of the conversation? I read a recent survey of 25% of Americans, one in four, that said that they don't have a single friend whom they feel like they can confide in. And I thought that was really fitting after talking with Marta, just because we've seen the connection and the impact of friendships on longevity and health in general. Again, I'm not someone that thinks I can be guaranteed a certain amount of years. I know that that all our days are numbered and we're not guaranteed tomorrow, but I think that in pursuing things that are beneficial to not just long-term, but today and tomorrow and just in the present are so worthwhile in seeking out. So that just made me kind of sad when I was reflecting on the fact that there is so much disconnect between individuals right now. So I don't know, maybe a challenge to you this week is to reach out to a friend, not through text, but through phone call. Connect with someone that you haven't. Make it a New Year's goal that you're looking forward to. I've actually included that article in the show notes, as well as a few more that regarded connectivity and wellness. But I really would like to know what you think about this episode and this topic in general. So I would love to invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.